You're listening to The Gospel Underground, the only podcast that helps to develop artists for musical excellence and ministry propulsion. It features guests and tips that help empower artists to manage the business of music while being effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm your host, Jenny Slavon. So let's get this show started. What's up, family, and welcome back to another episode of The Gospel Underground. I am your host, Janice Levon. I'm the host and the founder of the Gospel Underground Artist Development Agency and the Music Ministry Mentor. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode. If this is your first time, definitely make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We post every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. So you definitely want to stay tuned for all things artist development for ministry propulsion. So today we are back with another underground conversation. And this one was actually highly requested. We're bringing back somebody whom I love very much. <laughs> mm. He's giving, <laughs> yeah, I know it ain't nobody else, but my lovely fiance, Elder Dara Wright. Say hello to the people, babe. What's going on? She led me back. <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited about this episode because it is Gateway Gospel Music Part 2. Oh my goodness, you all enjoyed the very first part, um, which was basically the introductory part, Gateway Gospel Music. We explained to you all what it was about, and then we went ahead and broke down some of the characteristics. But we asked you guys, and you requested a part two. So this is Gateway Gospel Music part two, appropriation, collaboration, and the fallout. So we're so, so excited to be back with you guys sharing uh, once again our thoughts on this whole concept of gateway gospel music. I hope that you all have been blessed and in good spirits and that you're excited about this episode because we're going to get into it, okay? But before we do that, y'all know we got to start things off right and that is with what? The word of God. So this week's scripture is coming from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. And it reads, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Amen, amen, and amen again. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing of his word, that it may be sanctified down in our hearts and our souls, that we may live and grow thereby. So, as I said, the first part of Gateway Gospel Music was just our um, introduction to the idea, our introduction to the concept. Um, and in that episode, we did two things. We, we well, we uh, introduced Gateway Gospel Music as a concept, um, we gave you all our definition of what gateway gospel music is. And then we went and, and broke down the characteristics of gateway gospel music. So I'm just going to do a quick recap. If you do not remember, um, and also I will link that episode in the show notes as well, just in case you want to go back and listen to it and, or listen to it again. So here we go. The definition or our definition for gateway gospel music is the infusion of gospel music with secular themes and influences that present new ideas on the already established subject. And in this case, the subject would be the gospel. So the characteristics of gateway gospel music was ambiguity. The message is watered down or omitted. It's unclear who or what the subject matter is or who it's intended for. That's the first one, it's uh, ambiguous. The second characteristic is it's easily accessible, palatable, inclusive for all to enjoy the message isn't convicting mm. it's not convicting that is the second characteristic and the third characteristic is it is habit forming and addictive it's associated with the feel goods of life that stimulate the pleasure senses in the brain drawing up feelings of pseudo comfortability so as i said before the this is the definition or our definition of gateway gospel music and these are the characteristics and like I said, um, part one will be linked in the show notes, just in case if you want to refresh your memory on all of the many things that we discussed in that first episode. Um, it was a doozy, but it was it was a lot of really, really great information and definitely a topic that uh, needs to be talked about, not just here in the podcast, but amongst uh, gospel artists, up and coming gospel artists, local music ministries is something that needs to be discussed because it is something that is affecting all of us, all of us who are believers, all of us who like music, all of us who like gospel music. 
it is affecting us um, in many, 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 many ways. In that first episode, we discussed a lot of them. In part two of Gateway Gospel Music, we are talking about collaborations, appropriation, and the fallout. So we're digging deeper. We're digging deeper into this subject. Um, And in this episode, I believe that we are going to touch on a couple of, I guess, current event topics. We're Mm going to we're going to name a couple of people. Um, and I just wanted to mention that really quick because the point of this conversation is not to um, throw shade. Like, this is not what we're here for. We don't do that. But there are some things that we need to discuss. Um, and sometimes conversations, you can't have conversations without saying exactly what it is that you're talking about or who it is that you're talking about. This is not to, um, like I said, throw shade or to talk down or talk bad about anybody. If we mention anybody's name, it is because we care, you know, it's because we admire them or at least we did at some point and we want them, us, we, everybody to do better. We have to do better. These are the last days. Jesus is coming soon. I know y'all probably heard that a million times, but the word of God is right. All right. The word of God is right. Anyhow, and God is coming back and truly the word of God is being fulfilled. So we all have work to do. We are just starting the conversation. So I'm really, really, really excited um, about this topic. And we are going to start off with this part two of Gateway Gospel Music talking about collaborations. You want to start, babe? You take it. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. I'm collaborating with you this evening. So, uh, Okay. There you go. Alrighty. So in Gateway Gospel Music Part One, um, I believe I mentioned this. In recent years, there has been an influx of gospel artists collaborating with secular artists. We've seen it with Tasha Cobbs and Nicki Minaj. We've seen it with Snoop and his entire album of thirty-something songs. Um, he collaborated with numerous gospel artists. We've seen it even in, in times past with Kirk Franklin and Salt from Salt and Pepper. We've seen it way back with the Teddy wine. Riley and the wine is, exactly. yeah. And also with um, Anita Baker and just, you know, this is something that has happened down through the channels of time. Um, and I feel like, this is my opinion, y'all. I feel like it has attributed to this theory of a gateway gospel music gospel music i feel like has lost its power um it's the salt that's lost its savor because it is now a gateway you know it's being used as a gateway and one of those ways that it's being used as a gateway is through collaborations i know that a lot of people love when secular artists and gospel artists collaborate but I've never loved that. that. That's never been my thing, perhaps because I was raised very traditional. Um, but also, in my own opinion, in my own mind, I've always felt like, you know, God doesn't need to hook up a gospel artist with a secular artist in order for a song to be popular. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like that is something that a lot of people believe. They they feel like they've come to some place of arrival once they've linked up with a secular artist. And I just find that to be very sad. And I, I believe, like I may have mentioned on the previous podcast that we did part one, is that it seems like we have to use the world to validate who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of, okay, we have so many greats in the gospel music industry, uh, people that the Lord has blessed and gifted, uh, trailblazers. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like we don't really feel like we've arrived until we have, or that we've made it until we've done a collaboration and we've gotten that stamp of approval, so to speak, from one of the popular uh, secular artists of that time, or even historically. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, and, and we may, as um, Janice said, we may throw some names out there, and it's not to be malicious, but it's just giving examples um, to support the point that we're trying to make. Yeah. Uh, for instance, there are so many people that have collaborated with Stevie Wonder over the years. Yes. And, I mean, Stevie is a phenomenal artist. But it just seems like if I do a record with Stevie, if I do a record with with uh, 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 
Paul McCartney or what have mm-hmm. you. Um, now I've arrived and it gives me validation of who I am musically. And I understand musically to collaborate with these artists that are so, um, they've been doing it for so long and they're well-established and they're gifted in their uh, various lanes. However, our ultimate validation must come from Christ. Amen. Now, my feelings regarding collaborations, and like this is just, once again, my opinion, is that if I do a collaboration with someone, even if it's just in the realm of business, partnerships, what have you, that means that those parties are coming together and whatever one individual or one party brings to the table, you feel that it's of enough value and worth that you would want to join yourself with it. However, you just don't take on the assets when you collaborate with someone or you form a partnership, but you also take on the liabilities. Once again, I'm in mm-hmm. finance <laughs> and um, I can't help it. It just comes out. But you, when businesses combine, there are a lot of businesses that may be struggling financially and they're looking for someone to uh, merge with or even to take them over because of the strength of that other business or that other party. So when the stronger party joins with the weaker party, they don't just take on everything that's good and the assets of that party, but they also take on their liabilities, their debts, whatever didn't work well with their business over the years that brought them to that point. So the point that I'm trying to make is that when you do a collaboration with someone, you're almost signing off on them Mm -hmm. and you're joining with them. And it's like you're saying, okay, whatever they're about, whatever they represent, I am okay with that. And I'm joining that for the purpose of this collaboration. Mm -hmm. And as gospel music ministers, we have to understand that it's more than just the assets that these people may bring to your project, but the liabilities, whatever's attached to them comes with it also. And I'm just going to pause right there. No, absolutely. And I think that's a great point that you made because, you know, everybody knows with the gospel underground, I emphasize that what we do is not just music. Gospel is not just another genre. It is ministry. And with that being said, it is so important that you are prayerful and careful about who you collaborate with because God has set you over a people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's assigned you to a people Amen. and he's given you assignment to a minister a specific thing to those specific people. And it's just like your child. You cannot be negligent with your child. You know, mm-hmm. anything can happen to them. They could hurt themselves. They could bruise themselves. They could hurt someone else. Someone could you know, harm them, like, you know, rape and molestation, all these things happen. I'm not blaming on the parent, but what I'm saying is just as you would watch over your child, you are responsible and you need to be careful about the people that God assigned you uh, 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 and also careful about the assignment that God gave you. You know, if this person is not in alignment with, uh, excuse me, not in alignment with your assignment, then why are you collaborating with them? Amen. And for some reason, like I, I hear a lot of these conversations. I hear a lot of gospel artists say, oh no, you know, for whatever reason they believe that you can collaborate with someone, uh, with a secular artist. So it's just someone period that is not, that's not aligned with what God called you to do. Oh, it's not, it's not that big, it's just music. We need to just stop. Like <laughs> that gets me so upset because as gospel artists, let me just, let me just go ahead and say what I'm going to say. As believers, nothing that we do is just, oh, it's just, it's just this, it's just that. Right. No, because when you take on the name of Christ, you represent him on your job, at school, in church, going to the grocery store, wherever you are going, you are representing God. Amen. So the same stands for gospel artists. It's not just music. That's right. And so we're not going, we're not going to continue to perpetuate that because that is not the truth. That is a lie. Um, what we do is not just music. So who you align yourself with is so crucial and so important. I would even venture to say 
you can't align yourself with every gospel artist. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they have a different assignment um, than you, then if that does not fall in line with what God called you to do, then you, you'll have some conflicts there. You know what I mean? Like some people, it's like this. There are some people who have had extremely, extremely rough lives. They've gone to prison. They've ha- done all these different things and experienced all these rough things. And sometimes they might not be able to offhand relate to somebody who has never experienced that. That's why I believe everything that we go through is for a reason. It is for as you go through it, God makes that a testimony to you so that you can witness to somebody who is currently going through or who may go through in the future what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. So someone that has experience those same things is better suited to minister to that person who's been hurt so traumatically who's experienced these these rough things you know i was born and raised in church somebody that was born and raised you know in in foster care and and tossed to and fro and experienced drugs and all these different things they might look at me and be like girl bye you i don't want to hear nothing from you because you can't relate to me Mm -hmm. so that's why I, i i stress the importance of a making sure that you call by God to do this work because mm-hmm. it's not easy and it's not frivolous. This is, this is eternity work. That's right. Um, and B knowing for sure, knowing for certain the assignment that he has placed in you to fulfill as a gospel music minister. You're not just, you're not just out here singing cause you have a nice voice. Let me tell you something. There are plenty of people who don't have the greatest voice, but they can sing and the anointing and the power of God comes down. They are gospel music ministers mm-hmm. and they will sing you under the table as long as the anointing is on them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So your beautiful voice um, is not everything. You know, you can have an amazing, beautiful voice, but they have, if there is no power of the Holy Ghost singing through you to break the yokes of bondage, and to to sing until the presence of God comes, then you you just another instrument. You just tinkling, you know. So those are two extremely important things, um, and especially for this topic of gateway gospel music, you need to first of all know that you are called by God. I have a whole another podcast on how to know if you are called by God. Um, I'll definitely link that in the show notes as well, since I'm mentioning it. But also. Know your assignment. If you don't know it, ask God what it is. And I have some things coming up for that as well to help you discover it. But it's time out that we play in this game of, oh, I just want to be a singer. I just want to be rich and famous. And you know what? In the beginning when you're immature, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've said plenty of times on this podcast, y'all know my favorite singer is Vicky Winans. And I started singing as a young girl. And all I wanted to do was be fabulous and wear all these beautiful jewels and and hair and nails and just sing like her. You know, all I saw was how fabulous she was. My immature mind, that's all my mind could perceive at the moment. But as I continued to listen to her, I realized that it wasn't just her nails and how fabulous she was, how she can hit these high notes and come all the way back down to the ground. I realized that the thing that drew me into her singing was in spite of the nails, <laughs> mm. in spite of the hair, in spite of the outfits and the this and the that, the power of the Holy Ghost comes through them vocal cords, honey. And she will cut off, she will uh, um, kick off them shoes. Huh. She will, she will sweat. You know what I'm saying? She will, uh, blah, 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 if she needs to, you know, she let it all go. And that was her surrendering her gift yielding herself over to God um, regardless of her outfit and how fly she was, you know, regardless of how many people that was there uh, to to cheer her on and to, to, to fan out over her. You know, I realized that it was the power of the Holy Ghost that moved me mm-hmm. when I heard her sing. It was her inhibition to let God have his way. And so I started to pray, Lord, you gave me the Holy Ghost. I want the power power of the Holy Ghost when I sing. I want when I sing for somebody's heart to be changed. I want for when I sing somebody's addiction to whatever it is fall off them. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the, the scales um, that are blinding people's eyes to fall off. When I, I want that to happen when I sing. So I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but I know I get excited, honey. She's excited. <laughs> Trust me. I get excited. And I can, <laughs> listen, I can talk about this in my sleep, okay? But, you know, it's just so important and, and, and we have to be very, very careful because we are responsible for the gifts that God gave us. And we cannot just 
align them with anybody and everybody. I'm sorry, but you wanted to say something? Well, that segues into uh, one of the scriptures that we have. Yes. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, mm-hmm. verses 14, and then skipping down to verse 17. Mm-hmm. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 14 reads, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Mm-hmm. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Amen. Now, this lets us know right then and there that light and darkness can't dwell together and that there should be a separation. Um, This is not an elitist type of conversation. This is not saying that we are better than anyone else or what have you. But what this is saying to us is that if we've been called out because we've been set apart for God's purpose and for his usage, you must be very careful with how you align yourselves, how you live your life, Mm -hmm. because God cannot use and dwell in unclean vessels. Amen. Um, Verse 17 talks about coming out from among them. If we've truly been called out, then our situation should be now, okay, we're looking to be changed agents as God has changed us. Um, It says, touch not the unclean thing. Now, we usually hear this uh, scripture, these two uh, scripture uh, verses, Mm -hmm. and particularly verse 14, um, we traditionally... Uh, attribute this to or assign it to relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but a collaboration is a relationship, whether it's say that. temporal or if it's long term. And as uh, Janice stated a few minutes ago, it's not just uh, being unequally yoked with someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit and someone that's not, mm-hmm. because you can be on different levels with people that are professing salvation, Mm -hmm. you know, but it all depends on how yielded you are in your walk with Christ. And I'm thinking about the last podcast about branding Mm -hmm. and you have to be careful to protect not just your brand as an artist, but you have to protect who you are as a child of God. Yes. You have to protect your salvation. You have to protect the integrity of the message and the messenger okay um i'm gonna try my hardest not to call any names you better preach on tonight i feel it i'm gonna try not to call any (laughs) names but most notably you know there's a lot of stuff going on in current events and in the news come on and um there's a well-known gospel artist that has collaborated um on a recent project with someone that's in the news right now Um, and they, from an interview that I heard from this gospel artist, Mm -hmm. they share a musician and the gospel artist was given that song for them to do. And when the gospel artist was questioned about doing the collaboration with this secular artist, Mm -hmm. The gospel artist gave the explanation that God uses flawed people and has used flawed people throughout history. He spoke of Peter. He said Peter was a cusser and he cut and he cut people. We always hear about David. I'm about to get upset. <laughs> and, you know, his transgressions. Um, and, of course, how the donkey was used. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. That is the word of God. But what I will also say is that if we are professing salvation and if we've been consecrated and set apart, the word of God also tells us that we must be separate, that we should not even touch the unclean thing. Mm-hmm. And if these people, and there's the difference is, 
If I'm going to collaborate with someone, as I stated earlier, that means that I'm forming a partnership and a relationship and I don't just take on the assets that they bring, but I take yes. on their liabilities. That's it. Okay, so we have these artists that are still living a lifestyle that is not conducive mm -hmm. to the lifestyle that I may live. Okay? We have these artists that are still peddling uh, 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 music mm -hmm. that is inspired by lust. Mm -hmm. We have got uh, secular artists that have um, products that are not godly, mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, I'll just call this guy Snoop Dogg, okay? Snoop. We've spoken about him before. We've so spoken about him before. Okay, Snoop, the gospel album that Snoop did, to me, is the equivalent of a wild gospel yeah. album, okay? But Snoop still deals in pornography. Yes. Stoops, Snoop still deals. And all. let me just like put a little commercial in here. Uh -huh. All of this stuff that we're saying is Googleable. I don't even know if that's a, a, the correct You can Google it you and find it. You can search everything that we're saying and see that he still has business um, in the porn industry. Um, he still has business. He has a whole marijuana Cannabis, line marijuana. and accessories. So my thing is that, okay, God can use anyone. But we must realize that God doesn't have to use an unclean vessel. Come on. Okay. With all of the talent and all of the ability that you may have being gifted and what you've studied and how you've tried to perfect and hone your craft, God does not have to use an unclean vessel. Come on. Because there are so many people out here that will avail themselves to God. So the point that I'm trying to make, and I'm getting a little bit hyped here, but we don't have to align ourselves with this stuff. God is not pleased because at the end of the day, after they leave the studio and from, from recording your records or what have you, and they're going back to their lifestyles mm -hmm. or whatever. So for that point in time, you've collaborated for the purpose of making music, making money mm -hmm. but have you really converted that soul come on has there been a conversion experience because most of the people that gospel artists have collaborated with have gone back to their world they've Absolutely. gone back to their music they're selling their products they may be in the studio with you doing a track for a gospel album and then the next day they're working on secular projects and they're living a lifestyle that is less than godly. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to just stop right there. And you know, it's it's so funny because I honestly believe, you know, we get so excited about these opportunities on collaboration. Um, and I honestly feel like when these opportunities arise, um, it's, less an it's less an opportunity to collaborate on music and more of like a test for the opportunity to witness to that person. And I think a lot of gospel artists have failed the test. Mm -hmm. I think instead of being so concerned with having your name next to such and such's name and potentially reaching this many streams and this many downloads and this many sales, I think they missed the point. And the point is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with that person. You know, I, I believe it's a scripture, let me not, you know, misquote but i believe the scripture that says one plants and one waters and god, god gives, the, gives increase. the increase okay so i'm writing a book um i need to go back and study that <laughs> remind <so> me <laughs> but i you know even if you don't see the conversion uh of that person to christ i believe that we are called to compel people and you compel them with your life there's a mm -hmm. scripture in ezekiel i want to say it's 3226 um that talks about how people will know of God because of you. You know, when, when I'm sanctified in you, they will know God. And I believe that so many believers miss that opportunity because they're so excited about collaborating with somebody that they deem as prestigious. And so I was listening to a video um, of the late um, Reggie White. He was a former NFL player right. for the Green Bay Packers, I believe. Um, and, and uh, I, I believe, believe it was, let me see the, um, um Philly, the Falcon, the Phil 
Philadelphia Eagles. So he played for the Eagles. He played for mm-hmm. the Packers. He played for the yeah. uh, Panthers. You win that. Okay. Yeah, he listen. I know sports a little bit now. Watch out. He played, <laughs> but I know a little bit. Anyways, he played for all these different teams, but he was also an ordained minister. Right. A lot of people didn't know mm-hmm. that. He um, and he preached for years. I think he said he was ordained at like either fifteen or seventeen, very young. Um, and he was doing. It was his, actually his very last interview before he died mysteriously. Um, but anyways, so he was doing an interview and he was saying how. You know, he, he he started to grow in his relationship with God, and God sat him down. Like, God was like, okay, stop preaching. And he was like, all right, well, why, Lord? And he was like, because I didn't approve you. He mm. said, you know, other people approved you. Um, and so he, you know, he started to grow in his relationship with God, and, and he got back into the ministry or whatever have you. Um, and, he, and this is the point that I'm getting to. He talked about how... People would call him in to preach just because he was Reggie White of, of XYZ team from right. the NFL. And they would have conversations with people and say, oh, yeah, you know, Reggie White goes to my church. And at at some point, he began to detest that because it was just like the Lord said to him, you've been prostituted. That was another reason why the Lord mm. set him down. He said the two reasons is because he was being prostituted. Uh, for his notoriety as an NFL player and not for the actual word that he was preaching. Um, and also because he said that God didn't approve him. And and his understanding of that, that the, that the Lord gave him was, you know, you preaching the same things. You're not really preaching the word. You need to study before you get out there and preach. So the point of, of what I'm trying to get to is, you know, I feel like in a sense, these gospel artists are missing the true opportunity, which is to share God with these people and to not just share God, but to live like God in front of them, you know, mm-hmm. to show the love. So, no, if somebody comes to you, um, you know, I, I heard, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that for a while, Nicki Minaj had been courting Tasha Cobbs, you know, reaching out to her and, t- and, t- and, and, and tweeting her and saying how much she loved her voice, all these different things, you know, instead of take take taking that situation that opportunity to collaborate in a song together she could have been a disciple of Tasha's you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying um i don't know if she was or she wasn't but it just looks extremely funny when someone can can be in the presence of people who are supposed to be representatives of god and continue to go back to their stuff now granted we are not god we can't convert right. anybody but we can compel people by the way that we live and by how we do not compromise the gospel of jesus christ and i just Excuse me. I just feel like um, rather than looking at these chances uh, or, or these open spaces with secular artists and whoever, for that matter, rather than looking at those as opportunities to collaborate and to think about how much more sales you're going to get and to think about how many more streams and all these things, look at it as an opportunity. Wow. God is knocking on the heart of this particular person and they saw God in me. You should be like, whoa, grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, what do I do next? You know what I mean? That's the posture that we should have. All right, Lord, what do I say next? You know, I see that you're working on this person. Give me the the words to pray for them. Give me the words to say to them. When Mm. I'm speaking to you, bring back the remembrance of your word so I can quote it to them correctly. You know what I'm saying? So when they go to fact check me, they can look in the word and see that I wasn't lying. I wasn't making stuff up. You know what I mean? I just, we got to take this thing more seriously. You know what I mean? We have to take this more seriously. We have to realize that God gave us these talents and these gifts to multiply. Are we multiplying? We, ooh, Jesus, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. We're not multiplying. If mm-hmm. ain't nobody coming in right. to the fold, nobody is repenting, crying out, oh, Lord, what must I do to be saved? If nobody is being compelled to come to God, what are we doing? We are spoiling our talents. God's going to come back and be like, what did you do with the talent? Exactly. You, you you burying it. You burying it when you when you jumping at the opportunity to collaborate just because it's X Y Z person. I don't care who it is. If it's Beyonce, I know a lot of y'all like her. If it's her and she's saying I want to collaborate with you, you should have enough strength within you to say, <laughs> sis, have you received since you believe? Right. And if her answer is no, then we can't walk together because we don't agree. We do. Who is your God? Who is your God? If these people cannot tell you that Jesus Christ and him alone is my God, the most high God is my God, why, what is going on? Why are we collaborating with them? What, like, what is going on? That's that's a problem. And I'm going to find the scripture for y'all because I don't want to, I don't like quoting scriptures and, you know, not having the right one. So I'm going to find it and I'm going to get back to it. Go ahead, babe. So while uh, Janice is finding that scripture, 
I'm going to bring another scripture to the table, uh, a familiar passage of scripture may be to you all found in Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 16 through 18. The Bible reads, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Then, uh, excuse me, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Mm -hmm. And he came out the same hour. So in this portion of God's word, you had this woman, this young woman that was possessed with the spirit that caused her to foretell the future, demonically inspired. And you had these guys that were making money off of her. Now they followed Paul and, and, and uh, the others that were with him. And she was saying that these men are servants of the most high God. So she was saying the right thing, but she was the wrong representation. Amen. So from that, I get everyone cannot be the mouthpiece for God. Come on. Everyone cannot be the mouthpiece for God. And the Bible lets us know that Paul was grieved in his spirit because this woman followed them. Now, it's it integrity matters. Okay. And yes, it's the message, but the messenger matters also because there are people that their lifestyles are living louder than the message that they're carrying. Come on. And this woman following them would confuse the people if they knew if everyone knew that this woman was operating from a demonic spirit in her now that would confuse the crowd that would cause people to look at paul and the disciples that were with him and to question them is he working in conjunction with her mm -hmm. but the difference is as janice alluded to just a few moments ago Paul did not allow this woman to collaborate with them. He refused that collaboration. He refused that endorsement mm -hmm. from this woman because she was operating from a demonic spirit. And we have to be careful also. Gospel music ministers, those of you that profess salvation, those of you that profess and you've acknowledged a call, you have to be careful who you link up with. Amen. Because once again, in that partnership, you take on the liabilities. Therefore, if you hook up with someone that is living a continuous lifestyle. Now, there's a difference. We understand that the Lord is a deliverer. Amen. He will deliver you. He will change your life. He will wash you of your sins. And just like he told that woman, go and sin no more. But when they, but if a person is still living a lifestyle that is sinful, if they're still living according to the, the flesh, if they're still being driven by the flesh, uh, my pastor preached uh, yesterday, you got to be you're either of Adam or you're of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Come on. There's no in between. So if they're still living that lifestyle, therefore you said it's okay what you're doing. As long as you help me make money and as long as you help validate me, you can live any type of lifestyle you want. And as a gospel music minister, we're supposed to be ambassadors. We're supposed to be change agents and God holds us accountable. Yes. And I do not want to be someone that has blood on my hands because I missed an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone. So whether it was a seed planter or whether I was someone that watered, God is going to give the increase. But I have to make sure that I've done my job. So once again, God does not have to use any and everybody. Amen. He doesn't have to uh, 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 just use an unclean vessel. And everyone cannot be the mouthpiece for God. Amen. And the scripture that I mentioned earlier was Ezekiel 36, 23. And it reads... 
And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Um, I just feel like that says it all. <laughs> yeah, we, we can, we can. Because we, we still can. only on the first point. Right. So you know. <laughs> we got to. <laughs> but, you know, it all it all works together. Um, the second point of Gateway Gospel Music Part 2 is appropriation. Um, and so you want to just read the definition of appropriation and kind of start that off? Yeah. Um, we have the definition of appropriation. Uh, it reads, the act of taking or making use of something without authority mm -hmm. or right. And what we also have is um, a lot of times, or we may have been familiar with hearing uh, appropriation when it came down to uh, culture, cultural appropriation, or also can, it can be phrased cultural misappropriation. And this is the adoption of elements of one culture by members of another culture. And um, we we understand how a lot of uh, African-American culture has yeah. been appropriated or misappropriated by other cultures. Um, a little bit to dive deeper before we go into this, because the same way that we came up with gateway gospel music, we kind of got it from the terminology of a gateway drug. drug. So mm -hmm. cultural appropriation kind of is in that same vein. And uh, also when, when it comes to cultural appropriation, uh, this is often considered controversial and also harmful when members of a dominant culture, and I have the air quotes with dominant, uh, when members of a dominant culture appropriate from minority cultures and examples of cultural appropriation can include using other cultures, cultural and religious traditions, their fashions. Um, they can use symbolism, language, and even music. And there's a danger that comes with that. When you uh, culturally appropriate from someone, mm -hmm. uh, one of the dangers is that cultural elements are copied by the dominant culture and used outside of their original context. And sometimes this even uh, is done against the will of that culture that is having uh, that is being taken from and that's kind of what we have even in the gospel music industry absolutely uh, one of the dangers as we'll you know we said to use it outside of its original context what you do is you water it you pervert it mm -hmm. you distort it and you devalue it in doing so and it's no longer used for its original intent and um, that's exactly what happens with gospel music and the message of Jesus Christ that should be in gospel music. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from uh, names again, but there's <laughs> there's a popular um, uh, hip hop artist that had a video out there on social media uh, the last two weeks and they took a gospel artist song and He's just mm -hmm. making beats and he's just everybody is vibing to the music. And I'm like, OK, this guy is not doing anything for the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's just making beats. He's making music. He's making a hit mm -hmm. by using or sampling a piece of a, a, a gospel music artist song. So. That's appropriation right there. Absolutely. And it's being taken and used out of the original context, not for the purpose of spreading the gospel, but for everybody dancing and bobbing their head to a fresh, hot beat, a dope beat that this guy produced. All right, baby. So I'm going to go ahead and mention the name of the person. And uh -oh. the reason why I'm going to do that is because the person that they sample from is one of my all-time favorites. And... I want to mention it because I saw this post everywhere. So who he's talking about is Kanye and um, him sampling Fred Hammond. 
Uh, Fred Hammond, y'all know me. I love me some Fred. Um, and just to reiterate, nothing of value came from Kanye sampling the song, but it sounding a little different and sounding kind of cool. You know, it had a different vibe. Right. But everybody that knows Fred knows that he is one of the most prolific gospel songwriters as a lot of his music comes verbatim out of the scripture. You know what I mean? I'm actually scrolling through trying to figure out which song that was. Maybe I'll find it later. But he is known for writing songs directly out of the scripture. And to have a secular artist um, just come and just remix it, like it completely takes away from the message, the potency, the power, the anointing that is originally on the song. Um, but that that's that's the door that swings open when we jump to have these collaborations. This is one of the doors that swings open. Now, to have a faith-based, and I'm doing air quotes here as well, or a gospel album is the cool thing to do. Everybody's into spirituality nowadays. Everybody is praying and meditating, but everybody is not praying and meditating into, uh, on the word of the true and living God. So you need to be so careful. You need to, if you don't have it, you need to pray and ask God for discernment. All of this, just because people are saying, you know, God, which God, big G or little G, you know what I mean? It's just like, I think he's pulling up the song. Does it say which song is on here? It's, but see, this is his response and he's cool oh, it's, with it. Oh, it's from the This Is The Day song. That That's what it is. It's from the This Is The Day song that Fred Hammond did. Um, and what he pulled up was a tweet where um, Fred Hammond is, and I'm upset. That's why my voice, <laughs> my voice is going down because I'm just like, child. Well, Fred Hammond is basically. Um, he likes it. He yeah. said it's hot. It's fire. So, okay. That's fine. Something it, it, musically is good. But this is the if you if you look at the words of that song that comes straight out of scripture. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But you don't get that same sentiment when Kanye is Vicky 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 remixing it. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be funny here, but it's the truth. You don't get the same sentiment that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Do you know how many people have get up in the morning and say that to themselves out loud because they've been suffering with depression? Do you know how many people who are just struggling, just trying to make it through, trying to hold into God's word, and they quote that in the morning? You completely lose that power from the word of God that was in that song when it becomes popular to collaborate with gospel gospel artists or it becomes popular to make a gospel album or it becomes popular to have something faith-based or you mention God. Everybody is mentioning God. Everybody is mentioning God. But which God are you talking about? We have to, and then, see, I'm about to get ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to start going there. You know, as we mentioned appropriation, you know, this past, I believe January, the Grammys just passed. Mm -hmm. And... Once upon a time, the Grammys, the, the categories for gospel was about six or seven different categories, correct? Mm -hmm. Now, the categories for gospel has been dwindled down to two categories. Indeed. And guess who took home the two, only two gospel categories? Tori Kelly. Yeah. Granted, the girl can sing. I think her voice is amazing. I remember the first time I really like heard her voice. I, it was actually from, you know, that movie with the little animals sing. She played the elephant. She did the voice for the elephant. I was like, who is that? And I looked it up and it said Tori Kelly. But anyways, the girl can sing. She's super talented. You know, I don't know her personal walk or relationship with God, but I do know that she's not a gospel artist. And it's just amazing to me how secular artists can do a faith-based, because I'm not even going to call her album gospel. No disrespect to her, but... I'm not, I don't call a lot of people, I don't call a lot of gospel artists music gospel, you know what I mean? Because it's ambiguous. That's why I say that. But anyways, she's not a gospel artist. And she took the only two gospel uh, awards. Well, the other ones were like CCM, uh, Christian. So yeah. Christian and gospel are different. But anyways, she took the only two notable 
you know, yeah. blatantly gospel, gospel awards. And I'm not saying she took it like she stole it. But what I'm saying is, the <laughs> fact, you know, because that, that could sound a little crazy. She didn't steal it. Somebody, vo- they voted for her to have right. it. Okay, I'll correct that. But she won the two, the only two, in the only two categories for gospel music. Right. Best and, gospel performance song and then best gospel album. And... That's insane because she is not a gospel artist. Let's just get clear. She's not a gospel artist. Her album was not gospel. I don't care how many gospel artists she had on there with her. It was not gospel. All right. So now what we're going to do is (laughs) we're just pausing for station identification. (laughs) No, but actually, I just wanted to say that now uh, Janice is segueing into the fallout. Okay, yes, I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, her album was not gospel. And the crazy thing about it is Pastor Smokey Norfolk made a very controversial post. Mm-hmm. Well, controversial to some. Um, whatever. Basically stating, he posted up uh, the pictures of all of the gospel artists who were nominated in these categories. Right. And basically, he acknowledged and congratulated them as being real gospel artists. Mm-hmm. And no shade to Tori Kelly and Kurt Franklin, whom she worked with on the album. But these are the real gospel you know in so many words that's what he said um but no disrespect smokey i like you but you can't get mad at the availability for secular artists to appropriate what we do and to win the awards that are supposed to go to gospel artists when you consent in what they do by collaborating with them because smokey you did that too no shade i'm just saying right you know, because I actually like Heather Headley, and I thought that song y'all did together was nice. However, you can't, like, we have, ha- where's the standard? You know what I mean? Like, there, there is no way, I don't ever, I have never seen in any space and time in my lifetime where a gospel artist was able to win any secular award. I've never seen that. Right. And that was one of the points that he made. At the end of his um, Instagram post, it basically said something like, you know, maybe next year I'll win for Best Pop Award. But you can't be mad at that. We cannot be mad as gospel artists when we consent to this whole thing happening. And how do you consent? You consent by collaborating with them. When was the last time? Granted, many secular artists have collaborated with gospel artists on their albums. But when was the last time a gospel artist took a secular record home for what they did with a a secular artist. I'm going to wait because that ain't never happened. And And it's never going to happen. Let me just say that. It's not going to happen. The world don't want us. We are not like them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. The interesting thing is that the two categories that Tori Kelly won, um, one of the gospel artists that was nominated for both categories was Jonathan McReynolds. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was interesting because he did a collaboration on her album. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me just... But she took the gospel awards home. I'm going to just right. remind y'all both of that. Both categories that they were both, both nominated Both categories. In. Now, please, I, I don't want to keep doing this and trying to put disclaimers on things and everything, but I'll just say it one last time. And then as you're continuing to listen to the podcast, just understand that this stands since the beginning. None of this is said to be gossipy. None of this is said um, with any malicious intent. And we're certainly not advocating or promoting competition. Mm -mm. But what I am saying is that there's an old saying if you, well, I won't say that because I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to call anyone a demon or a devil, anything (laughs) like that. (laughs) Because no, you know, we're all in need of God's grace and his mercy. But what I will say is that you have to be careful because when you open the door, uh, I'll use this example. When in football, if a team is going to trade one of their players, they will not trade that player to someone in the same division because they don't want that type of, you don't want to give away a player and help another team. Yeah. To beat you. So once again, I'm not talking about competition, but the fact of the matter is this. If you open the door and you allow secular artists to come in to your uh, particular uh, uh, genre, you can't get mad if they come and sweep and take the awards that was supposed to be designated 
for you. It's not meaning that, you know, it's a competition, but the fact of the matter is if you're gospel and you've dedicated your life to this because you were called to this by God, if you open that door and then someone comes in and takes what should be for you and those people that have consecrated yourselves to this ministry, how mad can you be? Come on. And you know what? I just wanted to add in really quick. Um, you said we can't get mad when we open the door and they sweep and take the awards. I think something even greater than that is you can't be mad when we open the doors by collaborating with these secular artists and then we read articles about how millennials are walking away from God and walking away from the church in droves. Right. I'm sorry. You, somebody ain't doing a job. You cannot be mad at your child for doing something bad when you never taught them. You never took the time to say, hey, this is how you do it. This is what you don't do. We cannot be mad when we see all of these changes happening. And you got the word of God on the inside of you. You you got the assignment. But you chasing after clout. You chasing after uh, accolades. And you chasing after notoriety. And then you have the nerve to get mad when you don't get it. You, you like you chasing after the wrong thing. So we, we can't get mad when our awards are swept. We can't get mad also when people are walking away from God in droves because we ain't doing our job. And along with that, when you're a minister of the gospel, whether it be the spoken song or however way the Lord has anointed you to spread his gospel, you are assigned people. Yes. There are people that will be drawn to your ministry if you are a pastor, an evangelist, or what have you. Um, even if you're not a pastor, if you're an evangelist, if the if, if the Lord Jesus Christ has anointed you to to evangelize, people will come to hear you and not so much hear you, but hear God using yes. you. Mm -hmm. Okay, even if you're a minister in someone's church, you've been allotted yes. the opportunity to minister to the flock. If you are a gospel singer, God has anointed you mm -hmm. and called you and there are people that will follow you. Okay, so there is an accountability and a responsibility that you have. Yes. A preacher should be mindful of the flock as to not allow any and everyone to address the flock That's because right. you're looking after their souls. You have their best interest at heart and God holds you accountable. Therefore, if you've been anointed to sing the gospel, uh, you've been uh, anointed to be a, a music minister. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have a, a following and they're like people that could be, for lack of a better term, your congregation, so to speak. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. You have their attention. You know what I'm saying? And you have to be careful with who you bring in front of them. That's right. You have to be careful and discerning and prayerful because, no, it's not just about secular artists, but there are some gospel artists that maybe may not be the best people to align yourselves with. Exactly. And, 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 and most importantly, we should seek the Lord, trust in him with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him yes. that he may direct our paths. Because what happens is if we've been given a certain amount of people to minister to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in trouble Come on. with the Lord for malpractice. Come on. I don't want Ooh, the blood to be on one. my hands because I've brought someone that has perverted or that has distorted or given an incorrect message yes. to the people that God blessed me to be able to minister to. Amen. So we have to be responsible with who we bring before the people that God has blessed us to stand before. We're his vessels. We're charged, not just with a, 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 a voice uh, like an angel or whatever, Amen. but we're charged with not just the, 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 the voice to sing the melodies, but we're charged with the responsibility 
of the people that we've been blessed to stand in front of and to minister to, amen. if that makes sense. Amen, amen, amen. You better preach on tonight. But, you know, the point of us talking about gateway gospel music is to clean up the fallout, you know? Um, the fallout is now, I have them listed, so I just want to kind of run through them real quick. The fallout is now the fact that, you know, we, we've, we, We've been in a place where sales are, are down in gospel music. We've been in a place where people don't care to listen to streams are down. People are not listening to gospel music no more. Um, but now we're in a place of now gospel artists are not even winning gospel awards anymore. This is this is the fallout. We're being marginalized. Absolutely. The message is compromised or is lost. Like I said, I have a whole nother podcast. I'll link that one as well called Ambiguous Gospel. The message is completely ambiguous. They could be talking about their man. They could be talking about their woman. You don't know who they're talking about. You know, Jesus, the name of Jesus has been removed from the music. God has been removed. Scripture has been removed from the music. So this is the fallout. Um, artists that gen uh, that are genuine and ministering through song are marginalized, which leads to discouragement. That's exactly what the mm -hmm. enemy wants. He wants those true warriors and those soldiers for God that are going to truly work for God, submit their gifts to God to be discouraged and say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't want to do gospel music because the really? industry is bad. Listen, any industry within this world is, is contaminated by sin, but that does not stop the fact that God has given us an assignment. There have been plenty of times where I was like, you know what? I'm dying. I cannot with this because it, it and that's the, it, even on your job, the industry that you work in could be horrible. But as believers, we are supposed to shine that light. We're supposed to be the the salt that seasons up the earth with right. the word of God. Amen. Um, another fallout is, and I mentioned this earlier, secular artists and anybody that we collaborate with that are not believers miss out on that true opportunity to know God because gospel artists, preachers, whoever, people that are proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ are compromising. They're getting excited about the fame of the people that are wanting to collaborate with them rather than excited about the opportunity to witness to them, mm -hmm. to share God with them, to compel them to come to God through their life and through the words that God gives them. And the ultimate fallout is the church slash gospel artist loses its savor or its potency as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you turn on a gospel song or supposed to be a gospel song and you don't know that it's a gospel song, when you go to church and you hear the word of God and God has not shown up, his anointing, his presence has not shown up. What is wrong with us? So I never, ever, ever like to uh, address a problem without giving the solution. And the solution starts with us. First and foremost, we need to get in our lanes. Are you called by God? Are you truly, truly called by God to do gospel music ministry? If you are not, that is okay. You might there, there may be another place in music that God has you, or he might have you to go somewhere altogether. First and foremost, you need to get in your lane. God, where will you have me? What do you want of me? You know, what do you want me to do? Uh, and if he has called you into gospel music ministry, you will know. He will share with you. He will tell you. He will confirm it. Amen. Second, you need to get aligned with the assignment that he has for you. If you don't know what it is, you need to ask him. Period. Point blank. And third, you need to live the word of God. You need to live live, live the word of God. I'm going to go right back to that scripture that I quoted to you guys earlier. Uh, let me just pull it right up. It's Ezekiel 36 and 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which mm -hmm. was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the, we profane God's name in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Listen, I'm not going to end this this uh, particular episode without telling y'all how do we live God's word. First and foremost, you can't live God's word without the Holy Ghost. So if you have not received salvation, first and foremost, you need to repent of your sins. Acts chapter 2, repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking tongues. Yes, that is the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit as the precedence was set first when the church was first established in Acts chapter 2. 
you know, we can't, we need God to do God's will. And the only way that we can have God is if we receive his spirit. Mm-hmm. And once you receive the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you in oh, all truth. truth. He will show you your assignment. He will confirm to you, yes, I've called you. And he will help you walk this thing out. I love you guys so much. Um, I enjoyed you, honey. I enjoyed being here again. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to have you back. Okay. You're going to come back? Yes, ma'am. Good. Um, yeah, this has been a phenomenal two-part series. If you guys want a third, would you want to do a third? <laughs> I just felt like it's so much to say. You're going to have as many parts as Rocky movies. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but um, if there are more conversations that you all would like for Daryl and I to have in particular, definitely hit us up and let us know. You can definitely do so by emailing us, gospelundergroundradio at gmail.com, or you can just slide up in my DMs on Instagram the underscore gospel underground on instagram and certainly join the gospel underground community simply by searching on facebook the gospel underground community um and if you definitely want to just keep up with the gospel underground all things gospel underground make sure you join our mailing list the link will be in the show notes as well as always in the bio of our instagram page so i love you guys so much stay focused on jesus keep one another in prayer and i will speak to you soon Hey family, thanks for listening to this episode of The Gospel Underground. To learn more about us, visit us at www.thegospelunderground.co. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore gospel underground. Don't forget to join us in our community and continue the conversation on Facebook simply by searching The Gospel Underground Community. And last but not least, if you love the show, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes.